0: Welcome to the First Thought podcast at Galway International Arts Festival. I am Paul Fahey, Artistic Director of the festival. And in this series, you will get a slice of the festival you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Tune in for fascinating First Thought talks, First Thought backstage, final hours, and more. You can listen back to all episodes via giaf.ie or find First Thought on any podcast platform.
1: and I'm a lecturer in drama and theater studies here at University of Galway and head of the School of English and Creative Arts. Although this is not my first talkback that I've moderated, I have to say in my many years it's the first I've done barefoot (laughs) to get into the circus spirit here and and to not ruin the
2: stage. Thank you. So
1: you're all very welcome and I'm going to pass the mic down the stage first to have those on stage with me just introduce themselves and their role in the show.
2: Hello, my name's Jake. Um, I'm an acrobat in the show. I'm also one of the company founders um, in the show. I'm a middle, which means I kind of, I'm not at the very bottom and I'm not at the very top. I'm somewhere in the grey area.
0: Hello, my name's Maya. I've been with the company as an acrobat for just over three years. Um, and I am a middle or a base, so in the
3: middle or on the bottom. Uh, my name's M and... I am a flyer in the show, so I go at the top of towers and get thrown and caught by
2: the people.
1: Thanks so much. Oh, oh here we
4: go.
0: On. One more, I made it. Just introduce okay. yourself.
2: Okay. Down.
4: Okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Logan Harper. I've been with Gravity and Other Mids for about eight years, and I'm also one of the flippers that go up high. Okay.
5: <laughs>
1: So this is a show that in any time and space in history would be beautiful, would be meaningful, would be stunning. But here, in the aftermath, the still ongoing reality of COVID, and not only COVID, but AI all over the headlines, this liveness, bodies, movement, I can't think of a more more meaningful experience to see and to witness. So Uh, thank you very much, first and foremost. So not only does this show kind of intersect with all that, it was made during COVID. Can you tell us the story of this show and how it came into being?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, COVID happened, right? We all got stuck at home. And for the first time ever, we have three casts that are normally kind of five to 10 people. And we were all stuck home in Australia. So as everyone was stuck, we thought let's not waste any time. Um, We had 30 acrobats for the first time ever, our entire company was together. And we thought it was an opportunity too good to be um, to be missed. So, you know, we just started making and creating. And if COVID taught us anything, it's that the human touch and connection is so vital. So for us, in a time where we couldn't touch kind of outside of the training room, this was our kind of escape to be together. Um, and whilst COVID, you know, made us feel like we were tiny little atoms in a massive kind of ecosystem. It's also a beautiful thing of what 30 people can do when they get together with a common goal and kind of you know, the right mentality. So. This was just kind of our expression of how we felt coming out of the other side of COVID. Can I
0: add? Absolutely. I just wanted to add a unique thing about this show. Um, Before we could all get together in Adelaide, we were actually stuck in different states because Australia had lockdowns. And so we did uh, video creation sessions um, and a lot of meetings and a lot of training and like yoga sessions, everything to try and, you know, keep us connected as a company um when everything was so uncertain and a cool part about this show is that some of the snippets of music that uh from the composer put into the show are from recordings of video sessions we did and so it takes me back to that time whenever i hear those recordings of being like totally uncertain about our performing future and then it feels really nice to hear it when we're here So given the level of physical fitness and virtuosity that
1: you have to keep up in order to do that work, during the time when you were isolated, was it difficult to keep
3: training and was there a period of readjustment when you came back in the room? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the motivation levels were difficult at the beginning. All of us being stuck in different places, some of us living in houses you couldn't really train at all or with other people. So it was finding interesting ways to stay fit over that time. And then once we all made it back into one room together, there was definitely adjustment period from going from only being able to see three people to suddenly in a room of 30 people, and that readjustment back into that kind of community, bigger group setting. So a show like this, when we see it, it's so seamless
1: in terms of how you take us from beginning to end, cycle in and out of imagery, out of language. But how do you build this moment by moment? Not only in terms of the tricks that you're doing, in terms of the images on stage, but bringing in your lighting designer, bringing in the sonography. How do we get to what we see today? Where do you even start?
2: Uh, look, we have an, an amazing team. So the artistic director, Darcy Grant, who's actually, he's backstage, I think, you know, he did an amazing job. But it's not just, you know, to put a show on like this, we have a team of 70 on the road right now. Okay. So, you know, we have an artistic director, a lighting designer, and a composer, who kind of are the key creatives of the project, um, along with all the acrobats on the floor. And then we have, you know, an amazing team of production management, um, assisting behind the scenes. Um, but look, it's, This team has largely worked together for kind of on average five to ten years. So we've been touring the world for ten months a year, living in the same spot, eating meals together, laughing together, telling jokes, training together. So we've been building kind of a a physical language over the last ten years so that when we get in the room um, and we have kind of six weeks to make, um, you know, you have the artistic director with an amazing vision um, and a team of amazing acrobats who all kind of input and help to build and as you said, create a uh, seamless show. I'm glad it looked like that.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and I suppose on that as well, in terms of the collaboration with Ekrem Al Phoenix as well. So how does that does the music come in? Does the music predate what's happening in the room, or follow, follow it? You gave us a little bit of a hint yeah. there in terms of things coming out in improvisations.
2: You want to go? Sure.
4: Um, Well, something that's pretty beautiful about this creation and most of the creations we have with this company is we do everything pretty much concurrently. So it's not like we create a whole scene and then we show Ekrem, he's like, oh great, I've got a music piece for that. We'll kind of devise everything together so everything feels like it inserts and informs each other rather than a backing track that just plays in behind. It doesn't feel like it is as genuine to us or the show that we want to make, so everything kind of slots together as we're making. So.
6: Hi, my name's Ellie. I'm from Australia.
1: I uh, actually grew up uh, in a small town near Sydney.
6: Hi, I'm Lyndon and I'm also from Australia and I grew up in Sydney. So
1: I'll just ask another question or two and then open it up to you and the audience who've been so brilliant as to stay with us. So, with such, so first of all, I understand that the ensemble is full time. That the performers that are in your company, you all work together not only over years but full time, um, which is an incredible achievement for any for any arts company, certainly in this country uh, and beyond. Um, when someone gets sick or someone gets COVID or, or gets an injury, how do you adjust and stay safe and keep those images as they are on stage?
2: Great question. I want to go. Um, so I guess injury and illness are part of the game right, but uh, as I kind of said before having trained together for five ten years We all kind of know a little bit of each other's stuff mm. So you know people get the flu or people roll an ankle um, and we'll be in here kind of 10 a.m. The next morning mm. Messages all, all over night going all right everyone in the room 10 a.m. Train all day for kind of six to eight hours um, and kind of re choreograph it
5: mm. um,
2: in saying that we really try not to miss shows, because when someone's sick, um, it's, re- it's a big effort. So everyone kind of masters up the strength, and you, the show must go on, you know, the old adage. It's pretty true. Um, unless you're in hospital, you kind of, you do it.
5: So, <laughs> the team
2: are troopers, yeah. Mm.
1: So I know the company describes itself as coming out of the origins of circus and physical theatre and as well other influences are cited by Darcy and other in your company like visual arts, architecture, photography. You've also called yourself a new circus at certain points. So what are you? How do you identify today and what is it that we just watched on stage? Do
5: to go? That's 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 a director <laughs> question. <laughs> take a, take a chance, yeah, I mean, Look, we,
2: yeah, new circus, I mean circus, it's kind of... Circus is what, whatever you want it to mean. For us, this is circus, right? It's the combination of dance, gymnastics, um, breakdance, uh, all sorts of kind of different physical forms, theatre um, that come together and make this. I guess it's always evolving. So if you ask me next year what it is, it, we'll probably have a new word in there. Um, but what we find exciting is just yeah, fusing those kind of worlds together, um, collaborating with dancers, with physical theatre people, um, and with kind of acrobats, gymnasts to kind of create. Uh, yeah, new circus. You know, there's there's the old school. There's the elephants. There's the animals. That's kind of phased out. Then there's like circus Soleil, which you've probably seen, which is also a kind of different genre. Um, and then I guess this is yeah, what we call new circus.
0: Got a lot of, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to add a lot of our acrobatic technique. Actually, you know, predates It's from hundreds of years ago, and we still use it today. So they're doing something right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. We're a big circus
1: community here in Galway as well. Any Galway community circus people out there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're very welcome. Um, so I guess final question before I open it out. What are the most joyful moments for you in the show, individually as performers or as a group? High points. You guys to oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
6: yeah,
1: get it out. To me, it's the little in-between moments where we can like poke each other in the back and whisper <laughs> funny things. So like acts where we're focused, but we also have in-between moments. They're some of my favourite. Um, and particularly for me, uh, the last scene where we're swinging around a lot, we're yelling and it's crazy and we're
6: shouting funny things, and I, I find that one really fun. Oh, yeah, I think my favourite part
4: of the show would be the, the parody scene where everyone's like running around and falling over, just because when we made that, it was just really crazy and really new, and we kind of learned a lot of new stuff of how to like crash all of, all, all of our tricks. So it was just really exciting, and the whole thing's fast
6: paced, and that's like the kind of style of the
1: So we'll open it out to you now. There's a roving mic. Roving mic, raise your hand right there. So hands up, high in the air, not as high as the tricks we saw on stage, but still <laughs> high, so we can see you right there. Um, in the third row down here. Shall we introduce Ekram as well? Yes, yeah, so, Ek- oh, Ekrem. <laughs> Ekrem? Hello. Uh, You're very welcome. <laughs> introduce
6: Thank yourself you. to us. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Ekram Lackens, and I'm the composer of And this is Woo! This is William, already seeing her, she Hello. I am from Barcelona. I
4: am Lía. Fantastic fire. Nina
1: is my assistant in English, if I uh, So, very happy to be here. <laughs> okay, so we'll go ahead to the audience here for, for the question waiting there. Hi guys. Hi.
5: <laughs> Hi. Uh, so, welcome, Rats. I love the show and I uh, really much Um My question for you is um, when did, work for the Acrobats. When is the moment that you decide to pursue a career as an alpervise, or you know, what happened in your life that you knew, okay, this is not just a hobby, and it's something I want to make a living from? Great question. Yeah. Anyone want
7: to
3: I think for everyone in the company, it's a little bit different. We all came from different backgrounds. A lot of us are youth circus, so we did youth circus growing up, and we came in through that kind of funnel, so it was integral in our childhood. And then others came from a gymnastic background. Some came from dance. And I think the main thing is just a passion for being physical and the creative side as well, is what really draws people to this industry and this career. So. I think it's like that connected joy in moving that brings this company and all of us together.
5: Can you I your story?
4: Yeah, um, I was an elite gymnast, so did that for 10 years, started when I was five. And then towards the end of it, I was getting tired of the rigidity of it. It was, everything has to be done in this specific way and I wanted to be a bit more inventive, a bit more creative, and I was training with a friend that is, had gone over to a circus school in Melbourne, and he started throwing crazy tricks, and I was like, you, think you could do this for a job, and he told me yes, so I said, great, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Other questions from the audience? Okay, you have a hand right over there.
7: Um, so, this is for the acrobats as well. So, like the moment before you're like standing on top of two people and, and have to do some crazy trick, what's going through your head before you have to say ready?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Great that's good.
6: That's
0: funny.
4: I actively think about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to find if I think about what I'm going to do, I'll overthink it and change something a little bit. So, if I just go full Zen mode and just <laughs> let it happen, it's always going to be way better.
6: What
4: do you
1: think What do you think That's a fun question. Um, I try to forget that I'm in front of many people and the lights being crazy and maybe in my eyes, so I'm trying to think <laughs> about what it's like in the training room when I feel a bit more calm and just go through the, the little steps. Um, so for example when I was like climbing up the four high I find that very scary and I just want to think of every little you know boring step like I do it here and then I go into the elbow and then yeah so I just break it down nice and slow to keep it clear. So question here in the front row. <laughs>
3: I was just wondering, you spoke about being a base, a middle, or a flyer. And I'm wondering, do you ever change roles? Is it something that you start out wanting to be a flyer or wanting to be a middle? Or is that something depending on, there's an opening and you go for
5: it? Maybe Jake,
4: you've, you've yeah, 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 you got the main <laughs>
2: Mr. French White. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, um, it's very malleable. So, you know, for example, a few years ago, uh, pre-COVID, I was kind of like 10, 15 kilos bigger. Um, and I was a base. and then we hired people that were much bigger. So I comparatively seemed small. So I kind of went with that and now I'm, I'm a middle. Um, so it's very dependent on kind of your cast. So even after this we swap and you know one cast, the biggest person's 80 kilos, and the rest are smaller, right? And then in the other cast, there's three people over 95. So if you're a middle in one cast, you might kind of go into a base, another cast, and it does kind of change. Um, whilst we do have labels, right? All of us can all base, middle, fly to some degree, right? So with the different combination, Maya could fly a three high easily, and she can also base a three high, and she can middle a three high. She can do all three, right? Um, But it just depends who else you have on top of you or underneath you. So.
0: I think that's specific to this company as well. I've worked for different um, acrobatic companies, and Like, as a female, I've been (laughs) typecast as a middle. And then in this company, if I want a base, they're like, yeah, go for it. Or if I want to fly there, go for it. That's a really cool thing about GOM. They just encourage you to do whatever you feel comfortable doing. So we welcome Darcy Grant, the director, to the stage now
1: as well. And I have a a round of applause. (laughs) So I have a question for you, Darcy, Guia, and, and Ekram together about the integration of the ensemble of the, the performers, the acrobats, and the choir. How did that come about? What is it like moving all those bodies around on stage and, and the music growing around the show that came into being?
3: It was a process, for mm-hmm.
7: sure. Um, we were really lucky. The, um, this, was, this project was a bit of a, uh, a gift from COVID, if you like. Uh, we were grounded in Australia with all three ensembles, I'm not sure if you've covered this a bit, um, but uh, what it meant was that uh, Ekram and I had a lot of time to stare at all of the numbers of bodies that were there, the beautiful performers, um, and rather than there being any kind of make something and put some music on top or make a piece of music and make content for the music, had this very free-flowing sort of pollination at every step of the piece. So it was sort of, you know, backwards and forwards so much over the process, and continues to be, actually. We like to keep it alive. Um, in terms of crowd management and moving people around, it was, I think we all felt like kids in a candy store. We've all been wanting to do um, the numbers that we ended up privileged enough to have. Uh, but there's no arts budget in Australia that can possibly pay for something like that unless there was this government support, which was job JobKeeper. So we, we spent a few months able to just sort of look at all the various combinations and what we could do. Uh, and we were just lucky enough to have a relationship with the Aurora Women's Vocal Ensemble and their conductor, Christy Anderson, uh, who also had 30 singers that were really up for a daring challenge, much like we are and the Cordenoyers.
6: Yeah, um, what he said. But <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting actually, like I sometimes think about a compositional process and sometimes it's like ar- ar- um, archaeology, you need to dig and reveal shit. And sometimes it's like a lucky dip because the time is so uh, limited and you just have to reach and pull something. Whereas this one felt like gardening, really, um, just planting seeds and waiting for them to bloom and sometimes transplanting certain plants to different parts of the garden or whatever. And it was quite organic, and uh, I was just talking to um, one of the choir members outside. Um, one of the um, tracks that it becomes visible actually is not a coral piece, it's the electronic part. Um, it's, um, we had Zoom meetings for three months before we got into a place. So that track was um, the Zoom meetings clicked and put together and uh, made it into an electronic track. So that's how it was that kind of uh, summarizes mm-hmm. that process.
1: And Guia, bringing your group on stage and into this world, what has that been like as a process?
6: Okay. talk
1: <laughs> for me. <laughs>
5: uh, <Yeah. laughs> OK, so. Um, we are Cordonoios from Pio which is a Catalan institution in Barcelona. We are different choirs that we sing classical music, we are very used to classical music, and orchestras, and, and this kind of stuff. So uh, lately, uh, with Puglia and the Cordonoyas we started to do some bold um, I don't plays uh, and shows. We, um, uh, last year, we did, uh, um, um, electronic music um, performance with us, a very popular singer in Barcelona. Um, we've, started, we've started to, to do some, some different things that we are used to, and this is the, very, the best I think <laughs> we did this, this last year. So um, for us it's like um, uh, very new and very, um, I don't know, we're very excited to be here. And with them, they're so great. And with every show, we t- with them or not now, but every show, we are amazed of what can they do and, and how are we mixing with them. And we're so, so happy to be here and be part of this great thing that us uh, singers, we don't really know what's happening right now. But <laughs> I'm sure that a few years from now, a few months, we'll be like, wow, well, we'll be, uh, then we'll be even
1: So we have time for maybe one more question and I see a hand there in the middle of the audience so we'll send the roving mic back there, Um, thanks so
0: much.
3: Just on the choir, um, I found the performance linguistically perplexing and I'm wondering if the choir were singing in a language that I didn't understand or if it was something creative for this world that seemed like a language of its own.
6: Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the um, language can take obviously to singing, uh, and um, uh, the way choral music uh, progresses through this piece is from talking into a full-on um, choral moment towards the end. And um the the concept of possible is that when it travels to a place, we would have a choir local to that place and we would use their language and bring it into the, into the piece. So I compose it flexibly. And choir um, sometimes sings in Catalan, sometimes English. Uh, they use sojdej, which is the uh, musical language. Um, and um, they use numbers in both Catalan and um, English. And then there's Latin which is the language that of science the way we understand the world. Thank you.
1: So let's join me in giving another round of applause (laughs) to the company of The Pulse, Gravity,
0: and Other Myths. Thank you for joining us for this episode. For more episodes, visit GIAF.ie or find the First Thought podcast on any podcast platform. First Thought is presented in association with the University of Galway.